One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Let's all be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. God is good. Amen. All the time. That's right. All the time. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Um, you know, man, how many of you guys are excited about this year coming up? Amen. Amen. You know, you should be. I mean, that's uh, something that you should have. You should have expectation. You should know that yeah. something good's coming your way. You know, the way God works, this is God's plan for his body. He wants to take us from glory to glory, right? He wants us to go from glory to glory. So that means you ought to have expectations that I'm going to have a better year this year than I had last year. Amen. Amen. And it's okay to, to think like that. And so I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled the year to step in the year to step in. That's the theme that God gave me. And so when you start thinking about a new year, just think everything new, think about opportunities, Think about stuff that God will bring your way. But you want to understand that there's a timing of God that's very important. Amen. So let's go to John, John 5, John 5. And we'll look at verses 1 through 5. We're going to look into King James. And so let's let's just look at that this morning. And I'm going to point out some things that are very important. And, And, you know. God is obviously more powerful than us and he does what he does. But if you trust him and you just lock into his program, then he's going to let you know what you need to know when you need to know it. And he'll help you along the way. And so he said, I'm going to just start reading in verse one. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was there is at Jerusalem by the sheep. Sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Stop right there. And so these are people in need, in need of a healing, in need of something supernatural from God. Well, they're at this place because there's something going on here. And so People who have a desire and have a need, they're willing to go and to go to different places and and do whatever, because this is something that they need. And so they lay uh, all these people that need a miracle healing, things like that. They lay them there. But what are they doing? Waiting for the moving of the water. Next verse. For an angel went down at a certain season. Look at your name and say certain season. Okay. An angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in. Look at your name and say stepped in. in. Okay. They were made whole of whatever disease they had. Okay. And so this was very important. Now I want to point out something to you. It's good to have like. The Bible, we got the Bible app and we got different versions and some versions are easier to read. I've always taught that you ought to have the King James as your foundation and then you can have other ones that maybe help you understand it a little bit. But the reason I say you need it as your foundation, because some of the other translations will actually remove verses. And sometimes they remove a verse that's very important. And so it could be a key nugget that you need. But it got removed for whatever reason. And you might have missed something. And so uh, we're not going to turn there, but they do that. And if you're ever reading Acts, Acts chapter eight, verses thirty six, and then it'll just skip thirty seven and go right to thirty eight. You say, well, where's thirty seven? Well, thirty seven is the most important verse because it's Acts chapter eight is talking about Philip and the eunuch. And the eunuch says there's some water. Uh, what stops me from being baptized? Well, they've come out with a whole doctrine 
about baptism. You can't be saved until you baptize. Well, no, salvation comes when you believe. And your belief is the most important thing. And so what happens is in Acts chapter, I'm just giving you this for just to show you what I'm what's going to make sense with this next verse. But Acts 36, he's saying, what's stopping me from being baptized? Verse 37, he says, matter of fact, just put it up there. I'm just going off course for a minute, but you got to get this. And that way you'll know why Pastor Troy is adamant about you having a foundation you got that King James as a foundation, then you can freelance because some people only have like an NLT Bible or they only have an NIV Bible. But you got to be very careful with some of these things because they take stuff out. So I'm going to read this in the King James and then we'll put it up in like the NIV. So and as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doeth hinder me? From being baptized. You guys got that? It seems pretty clear. So there's what's what's going to stop me from being baptized. Next verse. This is King James. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. So if you believe. So as I mean, you got to believe first and then you can be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Do you guys believe that's important in terms of being a Christian? Would you say that that's like important enough to be left in there okay let's put this up uh was that verse that's verse 37 now go to verse 38 and he commanded chariot to stand still and they went down both into the water both philip and the eunuch and he baptized him there it is now let's put this up in the niv i'm just showing you something because you you know what you're going to get at word of life is teaching of the bible you're not going to get a lot of well and ha. I'm not going to be up here sweating. Come on. Y'all seen, you ain't never seen me up here sweating. You know, I don't have no towel. Come on. A towel on my shoulder, wiping my sweat every five minutes. But I got this Bible. And I'm going to teach you. And you're going to be able to get in this Bible. And you're going to be able to prevail because you have the truth. Amen. And so now let's read it again. NIV. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me, of my being baptized? Let's go to verse. Oh, wait. Verse 37. Where's the scripture? So let's go to verse 38. And they gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Now, what did verse 37 say? If you believe in Jesus, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. That's the most important thing. But they took that verse out to where if you're just reading, you're saying, I want to be baptized. Here's some water. What's stopping me? Well, you know what's stopping you is you got to believe in Jesus first. Amen. That's what's stopping you. Ain't no need you getting baptized if you don't believe in Jesus. That's why you got a lot of you got a lot of people that's been baptized. You go out. We go on outreach. You might ask somebody if if they know Jesus. Oh, I got baptized when I was eight. But that doesn't mean you believed. And then you had a lot of people get baptized and live an unchanged life after. Because the baptism is not salvation. Baptism is an indication, an outward expression of what took place in the heart. What happens in the heart first is I believe. So y'all get that? So it's important because somebody could be reading that and they would miss that whole thing. Now let's go to back to John. And I had to point that out because I want to show you, we looked at John Chapter five, we were up to verse four. And we were up to verse four and it said an angel went down at a certain season. And so that's the timing is it's, it's starting to show you about God's timing. It's also showing you about a supernatural happening. But now let's look at this same uh, these same scriptures in the NLT. And let's read. We can can start at one. I'll read it again. But I want to see you. I want you to catch the flow of this. Now, this is the NLT. NLT is good. NIV is good. What they do is they make it easier for you to understand. It's English, you know, language that is more common and stuff like that. But 
you still have to be very careful because you can't be missing out on key verses. And so afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep, sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda, which with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. What happened in verse 4? Did y'all catch that? Go back to verse 3 again real quick. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Let's go to verse 4. So there's no, so that, so now you just continuing to read. Now go to the next verse. It's five. And so one of the men lying on the bed had been sick for 38 years and all this type of stuff. So it goes right into the healing, but it, it just skipped the whole part about the angel. Come on. It, it, it skipped the whole part about the season, right? Now put verse four back up in the King James. Pastor, how am I supposed to know all that? Because I'm up in here teaching. That's why you're going to know it. Because I'm up in here. I'm anointed to be your pastor. That's why you're going to know all this stuff. They, you, everybody else might not know it, but you're going to know it because you got me up in here teaching under the anointing. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 4, very important. And it's in the King James. It's taken out of a lot of the other verses or the other translations. But for an angel went down at a certain season. Look at your name and say certain season. Man, I'm telling you, we got to learn the timing of God. We got to learn the flow of God. Because uh, sometimes people, they want to get ahead of God or they want to be behind God. They want stuff to happen, but it ain't the timing yet. And you got to be in lockstep with God so that you don't miss. So you're not behind him. Oh, come on. How many know if you two steps behind, you can miss your miracle. Come on, somebody. And then what happens when people miss their miracle? They blaming God. Well, God didn't do it. No, no, no. I did it, but you didn't show up on time. Then they get ahead of God. Well, I'm going to just go do this. And God says, I didn't tell you to do that. See? So a lot of unnecessary heartache. And so verse four speaks of the timing of God. And so this is very important. Go to Ecclesiastes 3.1 now. Ecclesiastes 3.1. So it says to everything. Look at your neighbor, say everything. Do you guys think God knows what he's doing with you? You think like that he's after he. Put you in earth. Do you think he started trying to figure out what am I what am I going to do with this one? I mean, I don't know about this one here. Let me just you know why some people have such a long road is they never bow to Jesus. But it's not that he had this plan for you to have a, a, a you know, such a long road or such a struggle. He has great things for you, but you got to do it according to his plan and not yours. Amen. Amen? To everything. There is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. And so we must learn to be in sync with God. We must learn to be in lockstep with God. Once again, not ahead and not behind. I'm just flowing. We said last year uh, that we were stepping into the fast flowing waters of the Lord. Amen. That was our theme for 2023. And man, we had a lot of stuff happen that was moving faster than we were, but we just had to just trust God and go with it. Amen. And so let's go to James now. James four, we'll go 13 through 15 in the NLT. And this, once again, NLT is not bad. You just got to know how to navigate through the verses so you don't miss anything. He says, look here. You who say today or tomorrow, we we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year and we will do business there and make a profit. But look at this, verse 14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Like how many of you guys right now can guarantee you do make plans? And you like, you know, you, you have a job or something like that. You know, you plan on showing up. But you don't know for sure. You don't know what could happen through the night. Amen. That's why it's important 
to live your life sacrificially before God, because there was a lot of people that were about to get right with God. Oh, can I get an amen right there? There were a lot of people that say, you know what? That's it. This is this is going to be my last night. I'm just going I'm just going to do this this one more time. But that's it. And in the morning. I'm going to get right with God. But for some of those people, the morning never came. For some of those people, when the morning came, they woke up in eternity. Amen. And so you cannot live your life as though you know how much time you got or you could just, you know, it's okay to make plans. But I'm, I'm sharing with you the importance of being submitted to God and being able to flow in God's timing. And that way you don't have a lot of heartache. You don't have all this stuff. You don't have all this stuff coming, you know, coming at you from everywhere. Because that's what happens when you're living your life outside of the garden. Amen. Amen. Come on. I'm telling you right now, Jesus made a way for us to get our garden status back. And so we can be back in and we can have things flowing. How many of y'all want things to work right for you? Amen. How many of y'all want the blessings showing up in every area of your life? God. Amen. How many of y'all want that, you know what, if I put my hand onto it, I'm a prosper because I'm blessed and everything I do is blessed. Amen. Come on. If I go to the job, I'm going to be blessed at the job. Amen. I'm not going to go to the job and be later on talking about who, who are these people? Why am I here? You should never say, why am I here? If you've been obeying God, if you ain't been obeying God, then yeah, you ought to say, oh, I know why I'm here. Because I didn't mess around and I took the wrong turn to Egypt. Amen. And now I'm up in here because this is what I wanted. Now I'm trying to teach you so that you would understand he's your master. You're not his. Do you know God is not waiting for your okay? God's not waiting for you to, you know, to tell, okay, God, you can go ahead and do that now. Oh, no, that's not how it works. So how do you know what your life will be tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Next verse. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to. And see, now I'm going to teach you about this because you do get to where you can have some confidence. Let me tell you. Some people say stuff like, you know, they put if if it's the Lord's will on everything. Well, there's some stuff you, you just know it's his will. Like, you can't be saying, well, um, um, I'm going to be provided for if it's the Lord's will. Well, you know his promise. He says he'll, he'll supply all of your needs. So you don't have to be confused. But where this comes into play is when you start making decisions. It's just like us. I, I, did not, I was not able to stand in front of that church that we're going to be going in, moving into. I was not able to stand there and say, well, I know this is our spot. I didn't know. I had to pray. Now I could say, I know by his stripes I'm healed. I'm not praying if it's in his will for me to be healed. I already know his will is healing. Amen. I got a promise in the book. But I don't have a promise in the book that says this is the exact church building you need to be in. I don't have a scripture for that. But I can pray, well, Lord, if this is your will, we receive this. You understand the difference? So there are some things you, you don't have to pray. Well, Lord, if it's in your will, please keep my kids healthy. No, he wants your kids healthy. I don't pray, Lord, if it's in your will, please protect my family. No, no, no. Psalm 91 says my family's protected. So I, I'm, I'm supposed to claim that. I got to claim that and not pray if it's in his will. Amen. Come on, if it's in your will, Lord, let me sleep tonight without anybody breaking in. No, no, no. In the name of Jesus, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. So I, I know that ain't nobody getting up in my house. Right? But now when it comes to a life choice or a decision, you need to seek God. You need to know if this is right. And this is what James is saying. Don't say I'm going to go over here and I'm going to stay there for a year and I'm going to do this or that. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So if it's the Lord's will, then I'm going to do it. Some people have said, well, I'm going to move to Texas. And then I said, okay, did God tell you to do that? Oh, uh, no, well, you know, God knows my heart, but, uh, 
you know, I got family down there, you know what I'm saying? And and uh, right now, I mean, I can get a house over there and, and, and you know, because uh, California is too expensive. So I'm moving to Texas. Did, did you consult the Lord? What are you, you talking about, Pastor? You mean, oh, no, they got some churches down there. I'm going to find me a church. And, you know, when I get there, I'm going to find me a church. And I'm going to. Did you ask the Lord if he wants you to move to Texas? And so what happens? They don't. And they get down to Texas and they say, oh. Oh, wow. This ain't really working out like I thought it was. Oh, this don't seem like things. Oh, man, this this looks better online. I mean, when I saw this online, I didn't see this other stuff. Come on. And you done stepped out of the will of God. Because things may, I mean, no, you can't, oh man, I'm telling you, this, let me just tell you guys something. We are in California. I'll, I'll share something with you really quick. I shared it years ago, but I met, me and uh, my wife, we went on a conference one time. We went to Kenneth Copeland, and we, it was a minister's conference. And we were in there, man, and powerful stuff going on. And so now it's time for lunch. So we go to lunch break and then you just kind of got to sit where you can. And if if it's only two of you, they're going to, you know, somebody else going to sit at your table, too. And so we see these people and we're going in. And, you know, I, I don't mind telling on us, telling on us. We, we was a little, you know, distracted by their appearance. And so, say, oh, man, they're going to be sitting with us. <laughs> Come on, I'm just, yeah. Listen, I don't mind telling them myself. But, you know, the, the, the thing was is the, the man, the man was a prophet, but he had, you know, he had a different little style. So it was like one of them, he looked like one of them old rockers from the 80s. And I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? The people wearing the rings and he just, he looked like he was, like he had himself an electric guitar in his wallet or something. <laughs> like, and But they sat next to us. And so... We're sitting down. Next thing you know, this man starts talking and the anointing was clearly on him. Powerful. And we, you know, we we had to later repent. Lord, forgive us for being so whatever childish and not. But man, he started breaking stuff down to us about California. He said he was from Alabama. He said, where you guys from? I said, California. He said, oh, man. He said, let me tell you this, California boys, it's so God is doing something in California. And see, people, what happens is, oh, California too expensive. So they're going to run away. You running away from the move of God. God's about to do something amazing in this state. And people running from California based on small stuff like money. You know, money don't mean nothing like that to God. You say, I got to move out because I can't afford. How many know when the anointing is released and the glory is flowing on your life, you're not moving because of money. Because whatever it costs, he'll give it to you. You just got to be in step with God. And he told us he had uh, he had a uh, the way he broke it down. He said the temple. So the old temple, you know, where. Outer court, inner court, behind the veil, all that type of stuff. He says, if you take a map of the temple and lay it, he had done a transparent map of the temple, laid it on top of a map that had California. And he said, you will see that California is right where the head is, which is behind the veil. And so basically where California is, according to that map, was where behind the veil, where the very presence of God was. He says, watch the glory of God hit California. And as it hits California, it's going to change the entire world. Oh, and what do we think? Oh, see, California's going to pot. Cala, they're just letting our uh, state go down. No, don't be deceived. Don't look at it like that. You got to know. Remember, you got to be in lockstep with God. What are you doing with me, Lord, in California? See, we're going to have supernatural miracles. The glory is going to hit. I'm telling you, they're already starting to speak about it. It's the real, you know, it's been called the golden state. Well, gold represents the glory of God. So the glory of God is about to hit California and it's going to impact the entire world. Now, we saw this. We we, this was back in, uh, man, 2016, 
going into 2017, we're at this conference. And we got to meet these people. And, and that, that prophet, they're both named Robin. It's Robin and Robin. And he's become very popular on YouTube now. But he had a lot of spot-on prophecies, man. But my point is, if you're not in step with God, you could miss something great that's about to happen. And then now, you would be mad if you mess around and move to Michigan or somewhere. And you heard, you looked on the news and you saw, it's going down in California, man, what? I was just over there, man. (laughs) Anyway, I just had to share that with you. But so you need to be where God tells you. Now, you can go to another place. God might tell you to move there. But don't let it be the economy or, you know, all this other stuff. Let it be because God told you. Now, if God tells you to go somewhere where God guides, he provides, so you don't have to worry about it. But there's a lot of people running from stuff. So-called to get better deal or whatever. I mean, I know uh, uh, one of my pastor friends, one of his pastors under him, a youth pastor, did that, moved to Texas. That brother hates it. Uh, Hates it like, wow. And his pastor told him not to do it. Oh, and that's another thing with people. They don't like, see, when you're not obedient, you don't like nobody telling you what to do. So y'all won't come to me for counseling. And you'd be doing, you said, oh, no, we're going to pray on this. And God, and in your prayer, you say, God will say, go talk to your pastor. Oh, I bind you, devil. I know in the name of Jesus, this is mine. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Okay, go ahead and do it then. If it's God, it always works out. Come on, somebody. If it's God, it's a blessing with no sorrow added. If it's not God, then there's going to be some struggle because the anointing ain't on it. Oh, come on, somebody. If you get married just because you're tired of being single, it ain't anointed. And guess what? It's going to be a struggle and it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a tough time because you did something to satisfy your soul, your emotions. But God will have you doing spiritual things that bring harvest. Come on, that bring a kingdom harvest and you will have a blessed life telling you you listen to God he tells you oh, you might be going to look for a house and you'd be driving down the street and God would be and you see one oh I like that one God said not that one Amen. but if you don't listen to God he said oh ooh, look at that you see that let's go on in there he already said not that one <laughs> and now you say well let's well, just you know let's just get a brochure I mean yeah, we might as well just see it you know and then next thing you know why don't we see if we can qualify God already said not that one <laughs> now you get up in there you find out you have neighbors from hell <laughs> everything is going wrong come on stuff that don't break breaks on your house See, this is the way God works. And so I want you to, you know, I don't want you doing stuff and then saying, God, can you bless this? No. Listen, what you want me to do, Lord? I, I, I want to do what you tell me. And so we must learn to be in sync with God. And so like like the James says, we ought to say, well, I'm not going to say I'm going to go do this or that. Now, God might have you speak something like he had me at this pulpit. I said, we moving. Now. I just said what he told me to say, but I didn't know where I I didn't have no plans. Matter of fact, this building wasn't even for sale at that time. So I messed around and said it. And that must have triggered something and they went and sold the building. They must have heard in the spirit. You said you're moving anyway. Well, so he might have you say something, but you might not know all the details. See? And so you could say something. If it's God, if he leads you and he says, you know, you could say something bold. I'm going to be debt free by the end of this year or something. If he tells you to say it, you could say it. Amen. But you might not know how it's going to unfold. Right. 
You just got to know it's him. So don't just start saying stuff and then you think that, well, because I said it, God's going to bless it. I said, that's not how it works. I speak, then you speak. You don't speak and then I speak. So he's first. Amen. And so we understand this. So we want to make sure that we know how to make those decisions and they're God led and go to Psalm 32, 8. And so this is what God does. He will instruct you, but he does not instruct just everybody. He will instruct you if you bow to him. So if I bow to God, then that means I know he's going to tell me what to do. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. And I will guide thee with my eye. And so I said that this message is, you know, we're, we're looking at this year as a year to step in. And so I believe that God's going to have you stepping into opportunities. He's going to have you stepping into things. And don't expect everything to be perfect. Just listen and know that it was God. Because God moves based on your obedience. And so he says, step in here. And you say, well, but I don't see nothing. See, you have is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All you got to do is listen. Lord, did you tell me to do that? If he says, yes, you do it. And then the devil will try to trick you because a lot of times God may say, do something. And then you step in there. And then stuff starts going wrong. You think, wait, hold on. But then he'll say, be still. Come on. You know, when he had me speak about us moving, man, I must have tried to call people and I was getting shut down everywhere. There was no places open. But I said, we're moving. And we had there was I was searching for buildings. There was nothing. I wasn't telling y'all that, but <laughs> but but it was rough. I said, Lord. But then just because, see, I knew that's what he said. Amen. But and I said, you know, we move in before the years out. Well, we got our spot. We just, you know, <laughs> we can't get in there. We're not just gonna go into an empty place and start having church. And so God gives us a little grace to be able to transition. But my point is, if it is God, and just because you run into a little bit of difficulty, that ain't going to last. Don't panic and run. But you got to be able to stand confident in knowing that's what he told me to say, or that's what he told me to do. So I know it's going to work out. The things of God always work out. They might there may be a little bump in the road, but it's going to always be smoothed out when it's not God. The bumps in the road don't end. So you start going over bumps and it just gets worse instead of it getting smooth. The wheels fall off. Amen. And so and this is what I want to make sure you hear. He says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. And I will guide thee with my eye. That means God can see more than you can see. And he's not going to guide you according to your eye. Because a lot of times, how many of y'all have wanted to do something and it looked good, everything sound good, but God didn't let you do it. And then later on, you found out that would have been bad. And you're like, Lord, thank you. Come on, somebody. Oh, Because some people, when they don't know how to click with God like that, They'll think it's the devil. They want to get into something. They want to buy some. They want to do some. And it just won't happen. And you'd be like, devil, you're not stealing my stuff. And they go into spiritual warfare. And God's like, you warn against the devil. But I'm just saying no right now. I have the final say. Now, if you can learn to hear, then he'll have you step in. And remember, there's a certain season. Oh, come on. There's a certain man. This, I'm telling you, this thing is so powerful that God will have the right person be there at the time when it's your time. When he tells you to go do something, the right person to help you will be there. They may not have worked for the company last year. Oh, but now they work there and they happen to meet with you. Why? Because this is divine appointments. This is all orchestrated by God and he'll have you going there. And next thing you know, oh, 
Boom. I mean, God could tell you to get a house. They say, man, I've been wanting to get this house and everything is shutting down. But then at God's appointed time, come on. How many know they bend rules for kingdom kids? I didn't seen God do it. They bend rules. That when it's show time, it's just show time. I told you guys when we got our first house up here, right in the middle of it, I lost my job. You can't get no house without a job. I did. Because when God opens doors, no man can shut. And he says in Revelation 3, I'll set before you an open door and no man can shut. But in that scripture, the reason he says that, can you just put that up there? Revelation 3, 8. The reason he does this is because of your faithfulness. And this is what I'm trying to emphasize to the church. A lot of people listen to somebody talking about, oh, this is your time to prosper, but they don't teach the requirements. You could prosper, but you got You can't just uh, prosper because you want to be prosperous. You got to obey God, because if you prosper because you want to be prosperous, it's your prosperity and not his. And your prosperity is always going to run out, but his never runs out. And so he says, I know thy works." See, this is what God says. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast had little strength and has kept my word. How I many look at your name? And say, I've been keeping his word. You know, when things get tough on you, what you got to do? Keep the word. Amen. Come on. Don't don't panic. Don't change. Don't abandon. Come on. Oh, man, I'm up in here, man. I'm I'm trying to teach people because I want you blessed like I'm blessed. Amen. You know, people get hit with a financial hardship. And the first thing they do is stop tithing. Come on, man. That's the greatest mistake. You fell for that trick. Oh, no, man, I ain't going to be able to peel that off. And that little tithe you kept, now you got to live on it. Because money that was coming to you then got cut off. Oh, y'all don't. This stuff is real. I'm telling you the real truth of God's word. You run into a financial hardship and then a lot of people, the first thing they do is, well, we can't cut the tithe this month because we can't afford it. You better cut that tithe and say, Lord, I'm expecting manna from heaven because I'm in right standing with you. And you watch God supernaturally. I didn't had God supernaturally. I'm talking about people I ain't talked to in years sending me a check for several thousand dollars. This stuff has happened many times in my life. But what is it? I must obey. Amen. I, you know, I can't obey, Pastor, because it's tight. Tight for who? Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I can't obey because, you know, it's tight. Tight for who? You know why it's tight for you? Because you still depending on your money. But there ain't no word called tight in the kingdom. Amen. Come on. God is never lacking. God has got an abundance. Man, I didn't talk these principles to my kids. And now they're adults and they're activating these principles. And they activating. I mean, I'm telling you, they're all my kids. They, they know this. They're, they're tithers. Well, you know, my, me and my wife's kids, Deja Destiny and Isaiah, they are spot on with it. And guess what? God shows up. My son's out there in Ohio. And then, man, he telling me, calling me, saying, Dad, man, I got this other thing. They gave me an extra $1,400 because I got good grades. Just when you start thinking things look a little tight. Amen. Just check. Instead of looking at what looks tight, look at your obedience. Y'all, y'all didn't hear me. Instead of looking out there and saying, oh, it's looking tight. Well, how about you look back and look at your obedience? And then when you look at your obedience and say, oh, you've been slipping over here. Well, get that right. Amen. And then that's going to change what you see out in front of you. I have never had a person come to me and tell me that pastor that obedient stuff doesn't work. They never come and tell me that. But yet, time after time, people don't listen and it don't work out. Amen. People start, I ain't never had somebody start skipping out on church. And then I call them and say, how you doing? I'm just really blessed. I mean, God is just flowing in my life. No. How you doing? 
Oh, it's falling apart on you, ain't it? Huh. I thought so. Well, you're just insensitive. No, I just tell it like it is. You want your life blessed, you better obey God. If you don't obey God, then go ahead and do what you can do. And I hope you can do a lot. But if you ever come to the place where you say, I'm at the end of me. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, we, my family, we thriving, man. And it's because of these things that we did. When we decided, my wife testified up here, we decided to start tithing. Well, you know what else we did? We decided that she's going to stay home and homeschool our kids. So that meant we went down to one job. And tithing. And the bills didn't change. But guess what? God provided. And he keeps providing. He keeps providing. He keeps providing. You're never going to have God fail you. I'm telling you right now, he'll never fail you. He'll never. That's why he he'll never fail this church. Because we are a covenant people. We don't care about how many people we have. We don't care about how much money we have. We tithe off the tithes. Y'all don't, y'all. Some of y'all need to catch a revelation of twice sown seed. Boy, we'll tithe off the tithes. So you tithe here, then all the tithes that come in, we cut a tithe. And you get doubly blessed. And we have never, I don't think y'all hear me, never had to do without. We've had people so-called rebellious want to leave the church or whatever and say well i'm gonna take my tithe we said bye and god replaced them online with somebody we didn't even know Amen. so this is the way the kingdom works and so you got to be locked in with god don't be waiting for god to explain see if you're waiting for god to explain things to you to where you start obeying him then you miss all the stuff i'm teaching you miss the i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which we shall go and now isaiah 30 verse 21 he says thy ears shall hear a word behind thee saying this is the way walk ye in it when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left you know what that means that's god walking with me in this life and telling me okay turn right boy isn't that awesome to have that kind of intel You know, my pastor had a powerful testimony. He purchased some stocks one time and all of his advisors said, don't buy that stock. That stock is going down. That is not it. And the Holy Spirit said, buy that one. And, you know, he bought that one. And that was the only one that went that thing shot up. He made so much money off that stock. And they said, well, how'd you do that? He said, the Holy Spirit told me. See? See? This stuff works. When it's God, it always works. Amen. When it's you. You know what's interesting about that? Is people make a decision without prayer and then they start praying to get out of it. You made a decision without prayer. Now you're praying to get out of it. You got things all out of order. You got to pray first. That way you don't make any decisions. So don't ask God to bless your decisions. Make decisions based on God's guidance. Now, this requires total submission. Because sometimes you'll have a yes in you and God will have a no for you. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Sometimes you'll have a yes in you. And you know, when you have a yes in you, your mind's already made. You're going to get all kind of signs that that's going to tell you this is what you're supposed to do because you already decided it's the law of attraction and so you decide to do something the next thing you know oh see i know this is god i already know this is god because but really it's you that decided to do whatever you're doing but when it's god sometimes you might want to do it now and he'll say wait but if you're submitted to god Come on. If you're submitted, if you understand anyway, my life is not my own. I mean, I'm over here, man. I'm all in the bonus now. Because, come on, some of y'all, well, maybe it could just be me. But I didn't, I deserved to already be in hell. If not for Jesus, I already did enough. Amen. Come on. I already did enough to where I wouldn't have been able to argue with God. 
If I was in hell, I would have been like, I deserved it. But because of his grace and his mercy, I've been given another chance. Well, for me, that means I'm just living in the bonus. Every every day I live after this is all bonus. So why am I going to be arguing with God trying to push my own way? My own way would have ended me in hell. But his way is leading me into life. And so let me just stay with his way. Whatever you want to do, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. Ain't no argument. And he'll tell you stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes, matter of fact, a lot of times it don't make sense. That stuff start making sense. You better be careful. You start logically putting that stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And it's like people have ideas like people even have ideas of ministry. There's a lot of people, a lot of pastors and and, uh, they'll say, you know, they're 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 bivocational. Which is okay. That's what God tells them to do. So what does that mean? They're, uh, you know, a pastor. But then there's still a like some type of a businessman or some, you know, whatever they're doing. And that's OK. if That's what God says. Well. And then they say, well, you know, when I retire, when I get my retirement coming in, then I'm gone. I'll go ahead and go full time. OK. Why? Because you can afford to support yourself. Well, praise God. If that's what he told you. But that's not what he did for me. He called me to ministry when I was at the height of my financial earnings in the secular world. And it was a big sacrifice to step into ministry. And people still to this day, they probably don't understand it. But it's not for people to understand. It's for me to obey. And if I say I'm going to get into ministry, I'm going to give you more after I have finished with this job. But if that if my calling is ministry, then my calling is not subject to when my retirement date comes up. My calling is subject to what he said. Now, if I don't obey it, that's on me. And so it took me a while to learn the understanding of this. But he clearly told me. You are on roller skates. One skate is going here. The other skate is going there. And you know what's going to happen? Pretty soon you're going to end up on your butt. Oh, Lord. And I was still stubborn, hard-headed. Oh, no, because I, shoot, I got to, I had to provide. I can't be, you know, I can't be going. In. You can't make no money in ministry. I know I can preach a little bit, but I ain't trying to do all that. Okay. Well, because of his grace, He blessed me and had my job tell me, hey, we found out you're a pastor, but you can't be a manager and a pastor at the same time. So you got to pick which one you're going to do. I said, thank you, Lord. (laughs) You made this easy for me. And so, of course, if somebody going to make me choose, oh, praise God. Well, I choose the pastor and I can't. But see, I wasn't seeing that. God had to set it up to where they flat out told me. So he used them people that day. Come on, I believe God set that up, had this lady fly down from Northern California just to have a meeting at my office on that day just to tell me, you're going to have to choose. And I chose ministry. And I ain't look back. Amen. I ain't look back. But that's about hearing. Now, don't don't be listening to me preaching. I'm going to pastor. I'm called to I'm quitting my job tomorrow. You better make sure you better talk. Don't be talking. Don't be talking to me. You better make sure that's God. I'm only sharing with you what he's doing with me. You see what I'm saying? And so that's another thing. He called me to ministry. And then even even before I came to the whole quitting the job thing. But it's like. Oh, man, I'm called to ministry. Well, what? You know, I thought my church that sent me out said, well, okay, so how much we getting every month? Huh? Every month? Yeah, like, you know, because we're going to do this, man, and hey, and but how much y'all going to give us? Oh, we're not giving y'all nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. No, you, you called? 
You said, you, oh, well, pray. We, I, I confirm your calling. Go on and walk in that anointing. Amen. <laughs> I said, wow. So what are we going to get for rent and all that? On the highway. You called, man. Lean on it. <laughs> Lean on it. And I'm telling you, man. But God provided. So even at that time, the early stages of ministry, God provided. My office that I was working at, they let us. And all of a sudden, my manager comes to me and says, you could use this place for free on Sundays. But I had to lean on that calling. And then when it came time for us to get our first place. I'm just checking again. Y'all, you know. Y'all still, because now we're going to have some bills. Y'all, you, you guys still ain't, oh no, we're still not sending nothing. Matter of fact, we're going to teach you the power of the covenant. So why don't you start sending us something? What? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Listen, man, I'm just, tell, I'm just being transparent up in here. Because God's stuff don't make sense. So here we are, young in ministry. We ain't got no money. And they talking about send us money. Y'all got a lot of money already, but it's the covenant. See, they they teaching me how to get connected with God. And so I used to say, okay, because back then we had a because we're under a covering, they want us to send five percent. So just send us five percent of your offerings and stuff like that. And then, you know, everything be all right. Okay, just, you know, just five. Okay. And I was hating that 5%. I'm telling you, I'm just, I was walking, I, I was lacking revelation. I was begrudgingly. Mm. <laughs> Having my wife right there, I said, dang, man, we could have used that. We needed some stuff this month. But that's what they said we had to do, so we did it. And I was, I was not happy. <laughs> then I messed around and got a revelation. God spoke to me. And he said, uh, oh, yeah. So you're giving your little 5%, huh? Okay. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, because, you know, and I'm doing good. Because, you know, we really don't have it. He said, that's why you don't have it. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all not listening to me. I only teach you stuff that I've experienced. So imagine this. Now you got a church. With your name on it, you're responsible because a lot of people want to get in ministry. I want to preach, Pastor. And my answer to them is, praise God, go ahead and sign you a lease somewhere. Go ahead and let me know where let me know where your spot is. And come on, come pray over the building. But sign you a lease. Put some skin in this thing. Oh, well, no, see, I just want to preach it. No, no, don't be trying to get up here. Get your own. Huh? Get your own spot. Now you can depend on God. You can lean on it. Come on. You can lean into that anointing. Amen. Amen. Like I had to do. Huh? So you guys wonder why am I saying all this? Imagine the responsibility. Some of you can understand the responsibility of a home. But imagine the responsibility of a church. How many people are impacted If you don't do what you're supposed to do. If you don't do what you're supposed to do at your house, your family's the only one impacted. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do at this church, all of these families are impacted. All of these families could possibly change their view of God because of what has happened. How many times you heard of people getting hurt in ministry and they have church hurt. And so what do they do? They don't just walk away from the church. They walk away from God. So what a tremendous responsibility that I have. And so I must be in sync and I must learn how to listen and do exactly what God tells me. So God's ministering to me. My pastor never called me. My pastor never called me and said, you know, you giving that little 5%. You know, if we were late on giving it, they did call, though. I'm just saying. They said, I'm just checking on you, making sure y'all all right. Oh, you make sure we are Okay. No, I'm making sure you're all right because we didn't get, you know what I'm saying? We didn't get that report. Oh, okay. Then I'll tell you this. I might as well just be open with you. One time we came up short on the rent. I said, wow, what are we going to do? 
So I'm going to call pastor on this, man, because I know he we short. So I know they're going to come through. I called him. Hey, pastor, <laughs> I'm just, you know, we a little short on the rent this month. And uh, and he said, I believe God. <laughs> he said, won't you go ahead and challenge your people? Man. We ain't got nothing but about 20 people would challenge them. Damn. And I did it. I challenged the people, and then people came through. People was going. Pull. We had people that never gave nothing, was going to the bank, coming back with cash. Amen. But it was a faith lesson that my pastor was trying to teach me. And then later on, he said, he said, well, how did it work out? I said, it came through. He said, okay, because if it didn't, I was going to try to help you. But I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned that lesson. So what I learned throughout all those times, I depend on no one. I have no one that is my source. I got only one. Come on. And, and I can only access heavenly provision, kingdom provision through one name. And that name is Jesus. Come on. My provision is not attached to any other name. It is the name of Jesus. Well, I learned that principle. And then now God starts ministering to me. So oh, you're giving that little 5%. That's cute. And I said, wow, Lord. Hey. And he said, what's a tithe? I said, a tenth. <laughs> tithe is a tenth. And do you know that I called my pastor? I said, pastor, we've been giving you guys 5%. But I said, isn't a tithe a tenth? He said, well, yeah, but, you know, we didn't want to put too much pressure on you. I said, from now on, we're giving a tenth. And do you know when I did that? Man, it was like a gear shifted. It was like you driving and you're in third gear and you got that rev going and you just keep revving and slowing down, revving and slowing down, revving and slowing down. When I caught that revelation and I cut that tithe, bam, we shift the gears and money start coming in from everywhere. People, people start coming here tithing. Come on. We had people sending tithes here before they got here. Amen. Come on, somebody. And that's why we have never in this ministry been up in here browbeating people for money. You need to give. If you don't give, you're going to hell. We never say none of that. Come on. How many times have we taken up three offerings? How come? And I know you haven't been at some churches where they pass in the plate. You said that plate coming again? Man, that plate coming back again? Hey, I'm just having fun today, but my wife's dad, she told us, he told us it was so funny, but he went to a church and he found out how many times they passed the plate. So he broke a 10 and he had 10 ones. (laughs) And so he wanted to be able to have something to peel off every time that plate came around. You know, you know, them churches where they make you get up and they, you ever been in churches where they. They make you get up and they want you to come give the offering right in front of them. See, they're not teaching on covenant. Come on. The only way you're going to get out of giving ones is you're going to have to start tithing because your income will go up when you start tithing. When you start tithing, you're going to get increased. And now you're going to find yourself giving money that you didn't think you can give. And you ought to get that letter at the end of the year and be like, wow. Praise God, I gave that much. And you can only give it because God gave it to you first. Amen. Amen. You see that? Now, this ain't a message on tithing. This is a message on obedience. This is a message on doing what God says. And so when you do what God says, then now you get his blessings. And but in order for you to hear, you must have this total submission. And so. You won't be able to hear God's instructions if your own voice is too loud. Because God don't yell when he tells you to do something. He whispers. And if you're talking too loud on your own, you ain't going to hear it. But if you learn to quiet yourself and say, I'm totally submitted to God, I'm going to do what God says. Go to Isaiah 55, 3. Isaiah 55, 3. He says, come to me, 
with your ears wide open. You see that? That's what God says. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. And so let's look at this verse also in the Amplified Classic. So it says, incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will. You see that? So it's like whatever God wants. And come to me here and your soul will revive. And I will make an, you know, an everlasting covenant or league with you. Even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill and compassion promised to David. And now if you look at. Um, let's go. Skip down to verse 6, Isaiah 55, 6 through 9, NLT. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy upon them. Yes, turn to your God, to our God, for he will forgive generously. And then, uh, okay. And then look at this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I think that was that, that was nine. And so you think about that. God's way of doing stuff is, is bigger. It's on another level than me. And I just got to be willing to submit. I got to be willing to submit to this. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close this message, but I want you to understand, like read Joshua chapter six. Just read on down into that and you'll see that Um, I was going to go over some of that. But I want to just emphasize this before I close. His stuff he tells you to do may not make sense to you. He told Joshua that what you're supposed to do is you're going to walk around the city once a day. Right? Y'all know the walls of Jericho. And then he says, you're going to do that every day for six days straight, and on the seventh day, you're going to do it seven times. I mean, well, that probably didn't make sense to Joshua. And then he said, on the seventh time, you're going to shout, and you're going to yell because I've given you the city. Imagine yourself walking around some walls that are, Wide enough to have chariot races on the top. And God is telling you, the city that's in there is yours. But what do you do? Walk around it. Well, can't can we? Lord, I think a better plan would have been if we could just climb up the side and we would come up with all kind of ways. But he said, walk around it. So God will tell you to do stuff that may not make sense to you. But all that matters is that he told you to do it. And so Joshua walked around there. He led those people. They walked around once a day for six days straight. On the seventh day, they walked around there seven times. And then they shouted. And guess what? The walls, Joshua, I mean, yeah, Joshua 620, the walls fell down flat. And guess what? When the walls fell down flat, what did they do? They just stepped right in there. They There was no even rubble. When you studied out, the walls fell flat as if they were never there. Now, we read in children's books, it looks like a bunch of rocks, and they had to climb over no mountains. They just walked in. Because obedience releases the anointing. Obedience releases the anointing. What is the anointing? The burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. You, how many know you don't have to have all this opposition? Everything don't have to be so difficult. Obey God and let him release the anointing on your life and you just step in. How many of y'all ready to just step in whatever he tells you to step into? How many of y'all ready to step in this year? Not like I'm trying to figure this out. 2024 is not the year for you to figure stuff out. Come on, we're going to close in prayer. 2024 is not the year for you to figure stuff out. 2024 is time for you to obey and step in. Now, when you step in, don't look at it. Don't look at it before you step in. Don't do like Lot. How many know what happened to Lot? Lot looked at what looked good. He said, well, I'm going to go over there because that's where it's green. That's where, come on, some of y'all right now, you know, 
God may have you in, a, in a, the midst of a decision, but you might be looking at the wrong stuff. So don't go where you tell yourself based on how it looks. Come to God with your ears wide open. Be still and know that he is Lord. Lord, all I'm going to do is take a step that you tell me to step in. Amen. And then watch when you step in there, when you remember obedience releases the anointing. And so if I step into it and it's anointed. We're going to be my problems. If I step into it, why? The anointing is the burden removing yoke destroying power of God. So all the heavy weights of this stuff will be moved out. And now you will have to have patience. But I mean, it's better to have patience than to just struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's better to have patience and let God do something. And then you walk into it than you to be impatient and go out there and build it on your own and struggle in the process. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for meeting us here today. We thank you that this year we can step in. We can step into stuff that you've prepared for us. And we know that your blessing comes with no sorrow. In the name of Jesus, we don't have to worry about sorrowful times. We just need to obey you, trust you, and step into everything that you're telling us to step into. Maybe you're watching this right now. We want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here. We want to give you an opportunity to first receive Jesus. That's the first step that you take. Bow to him as master. Maybe you've known of him. Maybe you've heard that he's done some great things. Maybe you've even prayed from time to time, but you would say, I've not fully submitted my life into his hands. We want you to know now's a great time for you to do that. Because tomorrow's not promised, and so why not do it today? If that's you, while every head is bowed, eyes are closed, slip your hand up, I'll pray for you. We believe God for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Those in here and those online, let's repeat this prayer. So we say it together and we would all receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap for the Lord right there. Amen. Praise God.